Good morning, Gainesville. It's 6 a.m. and you're listening to the Dawn Patrol on Rock 104. <laughs> Very good. All right. What was the Dawn Patrol? <laughs> Dawn Patrol was Rick Schmidt and me doing the morning show, you know, six to nine, I think it was, Monday through Friday. Um, Rick Ganji, I think, and Sonny did the morning show just before us, then Rick graduated. And Schmidt and I came in and Schmidt didn't go by the name Schmidt. His, I forget what last name he used. Um, but no, we did the Dawn Patrol. He gets credit with the name. He wanted to come in and have a, you know, a branded kind of program. So Mo Donahue is with us. Re- real name, Maureen Donahue, but you might know her yes. as Mo Kelly or Mo Dowdy. If she was, uh, if you were listening to her on AM850, um, why don't we start with that? How, wh- where'd the two different names come from? How'd you select those for on air? I first started working for Joel Haberly in continuity um, as a writer and then sort of said, oh, I want to try out for the 850 station. And Joel's Joel's like, great, I'll put you on overnight. Let's see how you do. Kind of like, are you really interested in it? Are you committed to this? And how will you do? Um, I don't know if he gave me that name because he couldn't pronounce my real last name or if there's any other reason. So he named me Mo Dowdy. And then when I switched to Rock 104, I was like, yeah, I need a better name. So I went with Mo Kelly. So many aliases in my time in Gainesville. So you were there, you said 87 to 91. So you came in, did you come in as a freshman? I think I came in as a sophomore. I started UF with a lot of credits. So I kind of like bypassed a lot of the freshman stuff. Um, I think it was my third semester when I joined WR, uh, the radio station. Um, So where'd you come from? I, I was, I'm born in New York and that's where I live now, but I okay. went to high school in, in Orlando in Longwood. Um, my family was in Altamont Springs. So I came up from Altamont Springs and I have four older brothers and a younger sister. And at the time that I was a freshman, three of my four older brothers were also in Gainesville. So there's four of us at UF at the same time. Wow. Um, all living together in the same place or did you all do good your own Lord? Thing? No, no. <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah, no, no. Somebody was in Beatty, somebody was in Rawlings, somebody was off campus, you know, yeah. What part of New York? Um, I currently live in New- in Manhattan. So I've been in Manhattan pretty much since graduating. I've done a little bit of time overseas, um, but I've been in Manhattan pretty much since I, I left Gainesville. Um, but I was born in Queens. So before we moved to Florida, we were in Queens over in Rockaway Beach. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. Go ahead, yeah. Jay. Sorry. No, I was going to say, what, what made you want to go up to WRUF? How did how'd you even get up there? I was looking for jobs in the old financial aid building over by, um, I guess, what avenue that was. Um, and there was a sign posted. And I had already done a job in the library. I worked in the stacks throwing, returning books. And I lasted literally a day because that was so boring to restack books in the library. Um, and then I did a stint at the old Orange and Brew, making pizzas and other food at there and right at the Rights Union. Um, and then I was like, I was going into the journalism school, saw the ad for a writer in the continuity department and went to see Joel. When the first time I went to see him, he's like, no, nah, I don't I don't need any writers right now. Come back next semester. And then I came back the next semester. And that was the start of doing a number of roles at WRUF. Was it an ambition to get into radio? Is, is that why you went back and, and wanted that position? I just thought it'd be fun. Like I was like, I was getting a telecom degree and knew we had all these, you know, 
um, radio stations and TV stations. I was like, let me get me, let me get experience. What is this going to be like? You know, um, I think I, I may have started out with in journalism, but then switched to telecom. And I was like, let me do this. And then just decided real experience was, was like the best way to learn. And it was, it was a cool job when you were in college to be, you know, working on the radio station, you know, big fish, small pond. Was it cooler yeah. to be a, a rock jock or a librarian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only made it one day at the library, literally oh, one okay. day, you know, yeah. like I resigned that day. You know, you could listen to music while you were there because you could have headphones, all Walkmans in your head. But uh, no, no, Rock 104 was a lot of fun. We, I hope everyone who worked at any of the RUF stations has this thought. But I feel like the time we were there and the time we worked hard and played hard, it was like peak RUF. We had fun. We had softball team. We were water skiing. We went to a bajillion concerts. You know, you did these remotes and you were just kids trying to figure stuff out, but having fun on someone else's dime, you know. Yeah, I, I can't lie. That This sounds more fun than the time I had there. Uh, we didn't <laughs> water ski. There, there, were no, yeah. there was no softball team. Or at least I wasn't invited yeah. to be on the softball team. <laughs> I was on the no, softball was team, fun. actually, Dan. Oh, that's were good. Oh. That's good. Yeah, yeah. actually, uh, with, I co-hosted the morning show with Todd Lewis, and we were on the softball team, and I uh, actually hit one, uh, hit a home run for that team. Nice. So, that was very nice. nice. That's great. Good time. Great. High, highlight of your time there, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Mo, when you were there, you know, we definitely spoke with Monica about how the first time she came up there, someone said, We've already got one girl. We don't need another girl. Did you uh -huh. encounter anything like that when you were there? No, not really. There weren't a lot of female voices. Sorry, I'm in Manhattan, so there are some sirens. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. There, there weren't a lot of there weren't a lot of females on Rock 104, as I recall, um, when I was there. Certainly, when I first got there, I think Eden was doing the morning show, and she was just epic, and she still is epic. She's amazing, amazing woman. Um, and there might've been one or two other females. There was definitely a female doing pr programming for Harry. I forget her name. I think Rick might've mentioned her. Um, but I didn't feel like it was, a. uh, I didn't feel like I was being held back. I think at Rock 104 and RUF, I learned that if I asked to do something, you know, like showed interest into wanted to progress my career there, I could. And probably the biggest leap I made there, which is still a lesson for me today is like when, when Rick Ganji, you know, graduated and there was an opening on the morning show, you know, I was doing the, the noon block and I was like, no, I want to do morning show. So I walked into Harry's office and I'd been PSA director. I'd worked on the AM and then FM. I was like, I'd like, give me this opportunity, you know? And he said, yes. And that's how um, Rick Schmidt and I ended up doing the morning show. Do you think that, so. did you walk in there and say, wow, it's, kind of male dominated in here. Is that intimidating or did you see it as an opportunity to, to fill roles that there just weren't a lot of women there? So this is great. I'll, you know, I'll be one of them. You know, Probably. I didn't have, yeah. I didn't have, honestly, I didn't have that notion of being intimidated by the guys. Um, I think having four older brothers is really sure. kind of a, I'm used sure. to sort of, you know, competing with the boys and trying to, you know, you know, fight for airtime at the dinner table, you know? Um, and we had a good crew, you know, it actually didn't, at least not to me, it didn't feel so very competitive most of the time, you know, everyone was in support of everybody else. Um, and you just had these sort of 
classes of people, the people who are kind of their senior doing amazing job on the radio and then they graduate and the next group comes up, you know? Um, but I didn't feel like I was, you know, fighting for the, and I'm a raging feminist, so don't get me wrong. Um, but I didn't feel like I was fighting for my rights there. I just feel like it was, it was a meritocracy and that I, you know, completely agree with. Yeah. That's awesome. How was it yeah. with your first uh, interaction with Harry? Do you recall? Harry was good. You know, Harry's, I think Harry's always, um, first of all, I love Harry and got great opportunities from him, but Harry's always, was always busy. He was always walking fast and heading to his office and always had something going on. So you kind of <laughs> only got Harry in small bits and pieces until over time you built up the relationship. So I think Harry first, Harry and I first probably started working together on like some PSA opportunities, like, um, well, running the PSA department, it was like a person, me, um, mm-hmm you were arranging whether it was a blood drive or some other charity event to get some jocks to come and do a remote or to promote it on the air on the morning show or the afternoon show. So that's when Harry and I first would have interacted and over time built up and said, okay, I want to take the leap from AM to FM. So, and then he gave me that same sort of um, filtering process, start with overnights, see how you do, you Mm -hmm. know. During your time on the morning show, is there a bit, uh, or a promotion that you guys did that just stays with you? Like you think about like, yeah, that was fun when we did that. Um, there's one that I was like in the room when it was made. So I, it's, it's actually terrible. I shouldn't say it, um, but it was really <laughs> funny. Um, Alan Varnson and probably Rick Ganji um, did Electric Avenue when they were electrocu- electrifying. Um, it might've been Ted Bundy right? Which is just God awful. All of us, but it was really, really funny, you know? Um, so yeah, lightning is going to come strike us down. That was super funny, but I did not have anything to do with the production or the the writing of that. Um, we did a spoof on member. I don't even know if you guys are old enough where Bo knows when Bo Jackson, I think was playing baseball and football. So we did a spoof on Mo knows what Mo knew, you know? So it was, uh, that was fun. Um, but the best thing, one of the best things that we did was, um, we did welcome back to school remotes. So we would broadcast live for three days from the center of campus, right outside the bookstore. And I remember helping organize that for the first time. And I think I was there for three years. And that was always the big thing because we always had a lot of fun. We would get sponsors and give giveaways. I think one of the years we did it, it was the first year the Simpsons was broadcasting. So we got a ton of Simpsons paraphernalia, maybe even a oh, pink awesome. Cadillac or something with that. Not to give away, but just as like a, a you know, a prop or something. Um, so those were, those were really fun to do the back to school remotes. Tell us about your time on AM. Cause we haven't had a lot of people do the show that got to, you know, that were on air or board up at AM. So how did that go? If you had an on air name on AM, you must've been doing something on air. You weren't just a, you didn't get yeah. a, a, a fake name so you could board up. What, what was, what was the experience like? <laughs> no, it was great. Like you was, it was all that kind of, um, right. It's, it's generally really good music. There's some really super slow kind of songs that are okay, but no, it's a lot of good old rock and roll. Good old, um, what do you call it? oldies? Um, gotcha. and I had a blast. I had a blast. We were playing oldies music, sixties and seventies. Um, I know now eighties and nineties are considered oldies, which boggles my mind. Um, but no, it was good, fun, sort of bubblegum music for the most part. 
Um, and there was a crew of us that worked on the AM and were buddies. And then a lot of them, a lot of us sort of slowly migrated over to the rock station. Um, I okay. didn't board up for Otis and Jim. Uh, I forget what their show was called. Was it the Otis, oh, Jim, uh, Jim Finch and Otis Bog show? Uh, it was mm. the morning show on the AM side. And I know Rick talked about them, um, but they were great guys. They were just great characters, just icons in Gainesville. Fantastic gentlemen. So it's uh, interesting because I was expecting, because of my experience there, that when you said you worked on AM, that you were doing news or sports. Because when we were there, there was no oh, music no. on AM. It was just talk and sports, nothing else. Oh no! It was um, it was music was the default. There was the morning show, Jim and, and Otis, um, every day, and then you'd get the simulcast of the Gator games. And I think when okay. we were doing it, not only did you have the Gator football. But we got excited about Gator um, gymnastics. I think we did some of that, some remotes from there, and basketball. Because I think I think when we were there it was the first time they did that Midnight Madness in October, the first practice mm. of the year kind of thing. Right. So we would yep. do events from there. Um, but no, the the mainstay was um, 60s and 70s rock. You know, okay, a lot of Beatles. Like, you? and it was kind of broad. Like it was Beatles. Um, uh, Neil Diamond kind of stuff, you know, strawberry alarm clock, all that stuff. This is right up my alley. This is my kind of music. Yeah. So I, I would have fit. Yeah, it's well. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about remotes? What were what were your first uh, or any memorable remote stories um, that you had while you oh, were at either place? We I did a ton of them. We did a blast. We um we did remotes from I think the Brass Monkey was that the restaurant right across the school. Um, and then we the did something like I said, copper, the copper monkey. monkey. That's it. Yeah. Copper monkey. Yeah. You were yeah, on the, you were on the right track. Okay. It was some sort of metal, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a metal monkey. Um, the back to school ones were the, the peak because we, that was where we got fully sponsored and got lots of giveaways and kids were excited to come back and it was just cool to be there. Um, but also we did remotes from downtown. We did some from the, um, was it the Hippodrome? Was that the theater downtown? Mm -hmm. yep, that was yep. great. We would do some roads from there um, and some restaurants, you know, just we were actually pretty eager to go out to the town and we had like some sales guys like Dan Freed, I think, was one of the sales guys. And we would just, you know, if he had a client he wanted us to go uh, uh, broadcast remotely from, we would do that. Although, actually, now that I think about that, the absolute best remote I ever did was when we were there. Walt Disney World opened up the Disney at night down. It's, I think it's called Downtown Disney now, but it was called something else yeah. back then. Pleasure Island. And they invite. Yes, that's exactly what it was. And they invited broadcasters and media people to come and experience it to talk about it. So they invited me down and gave me this sweet like condo with like four bedrooms for me and a friend. And they had us broadcast live from Pleasure Island back up to Gainesville. It was ridiculous. And I, you know, I was a poor college student and got to be wined and dined by Disney, see all the new Pleasure Island stuff. Um, so me and my then roommate, Anne-Marie, we had a blast. We, uh, That's amazing. We totally enjoyed that. Yeah. And I know we went to, a group of us also went to Disney for another uh, opening of, of an, one of the parks. Um, I think Ganji and Varnson were there and some, uh, Brad Abril probably was there too. Yeah. That's so Santa, cool. When did I did the morning show- there? Yeah, yeah, it was Adventure Adventure oh. Island was just opening. There you uh, go. So we went and they had the at that I don't know if, if they had the broadcast studio there 
on in the park when you were there, but they had the broadcast yeah. studio right there with a glass wall. So you can see the crowd and they can hear you. Exactly. And, um, it was really cool. So we did it for the, a couple of the roller coasters that they opened the Hulk or whatever. And then, um, Margaritaville. And oh, nice. at night there was a private show with Jimmy Buffett. There was about 25 people. Stop. I wasn't even invited, but I was hooking up with the promotions director of Disney and she got me in. Nice. Uh, so yeah, we had that, you know, that RIP Jimmy Buffett, you know? Uh, yeah. That's yeah, a very awesome. cool experience. Just doing it. Like you said, as a college kid, right? Like, it's amazing. Yeah. The opportunity is rock one of four gay people. And, and actually I saw Buffett play in when I was in college. He played in the Odome and that was an amazing night. Amazing concert. So you're there until 91. You said you went to the morning show. You were doing the morning show with, with Rick. Did the morning show. And then my last uh, uh, show was afternoon drive. It's where I was for my final set of months, but I was there before I graduated. Yeah. So five years at RUF, that's a good run. Yeah. I took some time off from school. I mean, I was putting myself through school, so I took some time off to raise money, but I was employed by the station at that point doing whether mm. it was PSA stuff or other things. So I just worked at RUF straight through. Yeah. It's hard to leave Gainesville in four years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if point. you've already done, if you've already done two years, it's hard to leave in four years. <laughs> and I will say, I will say, this is where it gets a little weird. I, um, I, got a telecom broadcast telecom degree, but I also um, studied Russian and got a, a minor in Soviet and East European studies. And I was this wow. close to getting a degree in Russian. So I was, I was dual tracking on two different things at the same time. So I, uh, I took my time. You're, <laughs> to you've got to be the only rock 104 alumni with that degree or that. Uh, it's quite <laughs> possible. And I had to fight for it. I had to fight for it because um, they were, uh, the J school wanted you to take like local government class. Cause they assume you're going into media. You need to understand how local government works. And I was like, I am not going to work in Florida in journalism. I'm going to work in New York, DC or Moscow. I need to take this class. And they finally gave me an exception to take a, oh, that's good. A, an international class. Yeah. What was that movie with, um, Oh man, what's his name? Shoot. The one where he's in, he's on radio and I think it's in, it's in, Russia, and he's got that famous morning call. You're thinking of Good Morning Vietnam. Robin Williams? Yeah. Good, good Morning Vietnam. Vietnam. <laughs> good Morning not, Vietnam? Oh, not sorry. Good Morning Moscow. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. isn't the movie Moscow on the Hudson or something? That's two different no, movies. I'm way off. All That's right, let's talk about Brass Monkey Let's go back <laughs> really to Brass bad. Monkey. <laughs> Did Harry add it yeah. in 86, Brass yeah. Monkey? No, maybe, maybe. So well, what was I going to say? The one other thing, the other great remote I should mention, and this was sort of my pinnacle at RUF, um, in April, so it's April, so probably in January, Harry got a message from the network we belong to that Earth Day was coming up, Earth Day 1989. And they were going to be these remote, big, big concerts happening in New York and Boston and LA and wherever else, Chicago, probably, um, you know, just FYI, if we want to do things in parallel, you know, Hey, PSA director. And I was like, well, well, why can't we have a concert in Gainesville? And Harry's like classic Harry form, whatever you want to organize, go do it yourself. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have time for this, but you go do it. And so I got really kind of focused on this and I got a, a little bit obsessed and I got, 
support for organizing from nothing and no budget. Um, we had a, con a day long concert on Earth Day 1989, and we broadcast live the whole day. And Rick Gunji and Alan Varnson hosted it. We had four bands, local Gainesville bands that played. I had researched that we had one of the original congressional speakers, like um, experts that spoke to Congress in the late 60s to create Earth Day. He was on campus. He was a professor at UF. So we had oh, him awesome. speak. We oh, had cool. some local environmental groups speak. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, some local environmental groups wanted to set up booths. So we had like, you know, the Audubon Society and the, the Save the Animals, PETA, like were there. So on, and we couldn't, had no funding, so we couldn't go off campus. So right there on the rights union, somehow we got facilities to build us a stage. We had day-long concert. And the real like cherry on top was in parallel to organizing all this, and I was just making it up because I'd never organized something like this. Um, I started calling Tom Petty's manager every day, Tony Dimitriotis, I think his name, to say, hey, we're doing this thing at Gainesville. Obviously, it's your hometown, his hometown. We'd love to get him to sponsor it, do a call-in, do something. And I, it was back before, I think it might have been before voicemail. So I'm calling this guy every day for 40 days. And finally, I get the green light. And so we got, and Petty hadn't, hadn't done a concert in Gainesville, something like seven or 10 years Right. So I'd never seen him in Gainesville. So his manager agrees to let us do an interview of him and broadcast it that day. And it, the timing turned out that he released Full Moon Fever that same month. So April, whether it was April or May of 89, that was when he was releasing a solo album. I arranged it for Scotty Gentle to do the interview with Petty, which he did. Um, I think it was like a 45 minute interview that somewhere the tapes are, we're trying to find the tapes. So we can see, so we can convert it and listen to it now, excuse me. Um, but that was the kickoff to our earth day was this uh, exclusive interview with Tom Petty. And then we launched into a day on the rights union with the concerts and the, the charity groups and the, uh, the PSAs and the experts. And it was, it was a blast. Like almost pretty much anyone who worked at rock 104 participated, Ganji and Varnson hosted Schmidt recorded live David, um, uh, singer, not David singer. David singer was there. Um, Brian singer, Brian singer recorded a video. There's like a five minute video of this whole day. It was, it was a phenomenal day. It was like the best of all the skills of rock 104 in different perspectives, whether it was speaking, um, performing, interviewing, setting up electronics, they, everyone showed up. It was a complete blast. All right. Wow. This is That's amazing. One of the coolest stories. It really yeah. is yeah. amazing story. I, I have to ask you do this thing. This is your concept. You called the guy for 40 days. You get the green light. <sighs> but you gave away the interview. Why did you not want to do the interview with Tom Petty? I think Scotty, I could have done it. Barnson, Ganji, Schmidt could have done it. Scotty was just this, I think at the time, I think Scotty was just a big rock personality in my head. Had He just oozes character and personality. Yeah. Not, not that the other guys don't, because they all do actually. Um, but it just seemed like a good fit. Like he, he would, do the research, take it seriously, get a good vibe going on. And he did. He did a phenomenal job. Um, That's amazing. So uh, we got to find those tapes. Rick Ganji was the last person to hold the tape. So I, we talked about oh it boy. when we got together just for Thanksgiving. I was like, got to find the tape from your buddy, Rick, because he was going to get it converted. And now we're, uh -huh. we're looking for it because that could truly be gold. Like that was only aired once 
on uh, Rock 104, April 29th, 1989. I April hope 22nd, he has it. excuse me. Yeah. I hope yeah. Wow. Did you get any kind of award or bonus or recognition oh, from the station no. for that? Yeah, I mean, I got some of those no. yearly awards, you know, the student of the yeah. year kind of stuff like that. But no, no, stickers. it was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't get anything special, but it was, a, it was, it was really sort of like, you can set your own fate. Like you want to, it was literally an idea in my head to say, why can't we play like the big boys? And, you know, just started asking questions and being, you know, obsessed and a little, you know, you know, um, single single track thinking and it came together and everyone participated and it was fun you know yeah it's, and that was that was awesome. before earth day was a thing like nobody knew what earth day was back then because it wasn't a yearly thing and now obviously it's a thing which is great mm-hmm. are, are you able to as you're graduating and looking for jobs is that like the number one thing on your resume that you organize this are you telling potential employers yeah, all about this yeah, I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Talking about that and um, all the work that I actually thought I did a stint at the uh, Classic 89. I did some volunteer news work for them um, just to get a new news experience there. So I was big on real life experience while I'm in college to give me credibility once I'm out of college. You so know? you really and did. And I also think with you, you, I'm just going to say you, really, you got your foot in the door and you you got your foot in the door and you really went for it and did everything you possibly could. So does that, did that translate into a career or what did you do after you left uh, Gainesville? So I, when I, like six months before I graduated, eight months, I started looking for a job. Um, and I had this notion that I wanted, I had I'd done a summer abroad in what was then the Soviet union. And I really wanted to work in New York, DC or Moscow. And mm-hmm. so I started networking as much as I could, um, including at there was must have been a 50th anniversary of WRUF while I was there or something, um, and got introduced to a pretty big muckety muck at CBS who was a UF grad, and through him got referred to some other people, and I didn't get a job till a month after I graduated or two months after I graduated, but it was still through the UF network that I talked to this gentleman and he pointed me to talk to this person. And then Lee, Lee Seaman, Lee Davidson Seaman, who um, was part of the crew back then, good friend of mine now, good friend of Rick Ganji's. Um, she was working already in New York and a contact she gave me and a contact I had from UF led me to my first job, which was with a startup that was doing telecom in Russia and Kazakhstan. So that was my first gig out of school was straight into Russia and you know, international communications. So when you say and telecom it's through in Russia, US. Are, are you talking broadcasting or are you talking the telecom no. industry? Telecom industry. It was satellite. It was satellite communications for okay. voice and the beginnings, the early stages of data, right? Like remember your, your was it fourteen dot okay. four modems? You know, like old school. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I I so know that, that was, you can. I I know from my own experience, you can take one step into something professionally and never get back into another thing you thought you might want to do. Did you ever come back to any kind of broadcasting or was this your career? And it went off in that direction forever. What, what, what was No, next? I never went back to broadcasting. I never, I kept on going through basically international business. So I worked in telecom. I worked, I lived in Russia. I lived in Kazakhstan. Wow. Um, then I came back to New York and worked in what was then the dot-com startups they're the dot-com rage in the late 90s, I guess it was. So basically, I've had a career in technology. 
my okay. telecom degree at UF plus the minor in Soviet Eastern European studies was sort of the foundation of one with good communication skills. You can do pretty much anything, especially if you're well-organized, right? Cause that's mm-hmm. really the skills I showed up with. I didn't show up with any, you know, bra- uh, engineering skills and telecom engineering skills. Um, but I, I've transferred from the telecom industry to software supply chain, and now I work for a bank and I work in operations and product management for UBS, a Swiss bank. Okay. So I've kind of just meandered in my own little path. Not, not like the typical UF telecom grad school path. Do you ever miss it? Do you ever miss broadcasting? Um, um, no, but I definitely have that news junkie thing going on and have never lost that. So I'm still a massive news junkie. And like I, I listen and see with what, what people like Lee is doing or, or Rick Ganji, you know, or John Antonio. Um, those are people from my time at Gainesville who are, you know, still working in the industries. And it's great. It's great to see what they're doing, you know. But um, I also yeah. I've I liked the little path I've I've carved out for myself. Has it led you to a lot of travel, international travel for work? Yeah, yeah. So I've worked for I worked for the tele, Telecom Italia. So I used to go to Italy for a while. Worked for a German nice. startup, so we'd go to Germany for that. Um, and now Switzerland and, and to London a fair amount. Not so much since COVID. Pre-COVID, it was more you know regular. Yeah. You know now travel budgets are just slashed everywhere. You know. How many yeah. languages do you speak? I speak I speak Russian, but I haven't spoken it regularly in a long time, so it's pretty bad. Okay, so, I'm not Italian. Just those two. <laughs> okay. No, no, I wish. I wish, yeah. No, Italy's my favorite place on earth. Italy's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Mo, thank you so much for doing this. It was uh, very nice to meet you and hear your story. Uh, I'm glad we were able to finally connect. Great to see you guys. I think what you guys are doing is phenomenal. It is I take my, put my headset on and I take the dog walking and listen to these stories about Gainesville and it's a freaking riot. So I'm, I'm honored to be a part. <laughs> Keep on going. I encourage other UF alum to, to participate because you guys are doing something really special here. Thanks. Awesome. Man. Go Gators. Awesome, All right. Yeah. Be well, happy holidays. Yeah. Go, go Gators. Go Gators. If you'd like to be a guest on an upcoming episode, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or email us at don'ttapptheglasspodcast at gmail.com.